turns out that lonely people are all the same. Happy together, 1997, Wong Kawai. Hello, I am Sudara Tadana, and your host today. Welcome to the first episode of Why So Wong, a podcast series exploring Wong Kawai loneliness aesthetics. But who is Wong Kawai? You can see from the artwork cover of this series containing an iconic look of him, who looks like a very chic but mysterious man because he always wears black sunglasses. As you may already know, Wong Kawai is renowned as a Hong Kong filmmaker in an Asian film industry. He is broadly acclaimed for the unconventional filming techniques, the melancholic yet dreamy atmosphere. Blurry speed, still cameras, lonely but cool characters with cigarettes, and some unique foreign soundtracks. These notable cinematic features can roughly describe Wong Kar-wai's trademark of aesthetics. Come to think of the sunglasses, I have never seen Wong Kar-wai without his sunglasses in Google Image search. As well as in any awards shows or interviews, once I read through an article that interviewed Tony Leung, Wong's longtime actor, he talked about Wong that like he didn't ever know what Wong was thinking about behind the sunglasses. He might have been sleeping, <laughs> and I found it hilarious but agreeable because it's true. And neither of his personality nor his films are easy to understand. Like I spent the whole movie to devour the the large visuals and movements, but once it ended, I just found out that I didn't have a clue what it's all about. I remember uh, the first time watching his popular romantic film, In the Mood for Love. I was surprised and confused at the same time. At the end of the film, the footage of a historical event emerged out of thin air, and I was like, "What's the point of this?" So the only thing that I can remember from watching Wong's films is the feeling of being lonely. So from this episode onwards, I will explore Wong Kar-wai's aspect of loneliness through his films. His background and his genre, and in this very first episode, it's about this question: Is he the philosopher of loneliness? Well, to me, metaphorically, he is, and technically, he isn't. But to discuss the further on this matter, it is important to discuss what it's like when we talk about loneliness. Speaking of loneliness, I will begin with a simple question here. Have you been feeling a little bit lonely lately? When the lockdown tore apart your plans, imagine your vacation trip has to be cancelled, the cinema was closed, and the delivery had never fulfilled the need to devour the outdoor eatery vibes or to enjoy the small conversations with the loved ones in a nice and cozy cafe. Definitely, this social distancing lifestyle has compelled us to socially isolate ourselves from others. According to the mental health studies, loneliness is defined as a distressing feeling that accompanies the perception that one's social needs are not being met, 
and eventually loneliness also causes people to feel empty, alone, or unwanted. Also, the study in the UK by Perman and Pablo states that loneliness is a subjective and unwelcome feeling, which results from a mismatch in the quality and quantity of social relationships we have and those that we desire. It is arguable because,、uh, psychologically speaking, the concept of loneliness depends on individuals' perceptions and feelings. So. From time to time, it is confused and misused with, with the word like being alone, which does not necessarily mean being lonely, because someone, mostly the introverts, may be happy like that. They might prefer to have some time alone, and sometimes we we know that we can feel lonely in a crowd, even though we are surrounded by lots of people. In this case, it is due to the negative thoughts and feelings of loneliness experienced when our social relationships are unsatisfactory. Do you know that loneliness can be measured despite its abstract definition? Studies regarding loneliness are so widely conducted that it needs to be measured in scale. In fact, there are many standardized loneliness indicators out there. Which are officially employed in statistical analyses. Here's one of them. Statistics of Canada's General Social Survey uses John Giovall Tilburg loneliness scales to analyze the loneliness conditions. The scale is reliable and widely used measure of loneliness, capturing both its social and emotional aspects. Emotional loneliness reflects a lack of intimate, close personal connections, whereas social loneliness reflects feeling of inadequacy in one's broader social network. Another standardized scale widely used in the U.S. and several parts of the world is the University of California Los Angeles Loneliness Scale, or in short, UCLA LS3. It was used to assess loneliness. The scale is devised with questions like, "Do you often, sometimes, rarely, or never feel these kinds of ways?" Like, "I am unhappy doing so many things alone. There is no one I can turn to," or "I feel isolated from others." So even though the conception of loneliness seems to be very subjective, as you can see, the pandemic has proved that loneliness is still something that the massive scale of human beings have experienced in common. Here's another question: What causes loneliness? In fact, this seems to be quite challenging. But thanks again to the report from loneliness.org. The nonprofit organization that aims to study and approach loneliness, it conducts a visual diagram to explain a model for the causes of loneliness. All right, first and most importantly, there is an internal factor like the personality of oneself, such as their mindset, that influences one's feelings and behaviors. Then there are two. External factors, including demographic identity and cultural norms, for example, the economic status, 
gender, ethnicity, and a relationship status with the family, as well as social roles which influence how they judge their satisfaction. These three factors combined are called the predisposed factors which exist in one's mindset and judgment based on identity and social norms. After three of these are combined, a person will later be affected by a traumatic experiences like witnessing death, getting in an accident, losing loved ones, or other troublesome events like moving to a new home or a new country. Then again, after being triggered by the presiding event, it is matter how that person interprets the experience, and also if after the presiding event they found out that the relationships that person desires to have but doesn't find one, or the actual relationships that they are having are unsatisfying or mismatched with their desires. It will be inferred that they are experienced loneliness. I will give Wong Kawai's case as example. Even though we had found few sources that talk about Wong's personality or his attitude, what we are sure about is his demographic. Well, the fact that Wong is familiar to this kind of loneliness is seemingly not an understatement. If we go back to his childhood, since age five. He and his mother migrated from mainland China to Hong Kong, so basically he was an immigrant. And the reciting event is the migration to Hong Kong. Since in the mainland the language is Mandarin, but in Hong Kong they speak Cantonese, so like the other immigrants across the world, the language barrier kept him out from making friends. So probably he found out that. An inability to express himself in Cantonese may mismatch his desires for relationships. To Wong, the only leisure thing that breaks that barrier is cinema. He said, "Films are beyond words. It's a universal language." And again, please imagine you're moving to a new home on the other side of the country, like you're an immigrant being forced to leave your home. And willingly leave something you love, your favorite garden, your favorite sport, or your comfort zone behind. And yes, to talk about loneliness among the immigrants in a socio-cultural sense, you can also find studies suggesting immigrants tend to deal with higher levels of loneliness. In Zheng Wu and Margaret Penning's findings in 2015, reports that to the new immigrants. Assimilating to a new society may cause them to feel or to experience a unique stress due to culture shock, finding employment, language barriers, credential recognition challenges, and many more. These disruptions can lead to increasing levels of loneliness unless they can later build a relationship with the new neighborhood. As you can see, such Childhood memories have a very huge impact on him, and it turns out that he keeps exploring loneliness and migration or exile themes in filmmakings for his whole life. In Happy Together, the protagonist couple move to Argentina to pursue dreams, but they find it difficult to settle in a foreign environment. Also, in the Mood for Love, which is like the nostalgia to Wong from its migration background. Both male and female lead moved to Hong Kong during 1960s, 
Considering the settings, it can be inferred as an escape from the political turmoil in China, which occurred in the early 20th century. I also think of days of being wild that talks about the dislocation people as well. They are a motive of moving from one country to another. Or even in the martial arts film, The Grandmaster in 2013 is somewhat different from other representations of Kung Fu epics. Wong said to Reuters that what makes his martial arts movie different from others not only a representation of the authentic martial arts techniques, but also the root of the main characters. Staring longtime Wong collaborator Tony Leung as Yip Man, the film is divided into three parts that span the Kung Fu master's adulthood in 1930, southern China and his exile in Hong Kong following the Chinese Revolution in 1949. The film also writes in a fictional love story between Yip and Gong Er, daughter of a Kung Fu grandmaster played by Chinese actress Chang Siyi. Wong said that, quote, Hong Kong is a place for all these immigrants after the war. They are coming from all parts of China, north and south, and they came in all walks of life. Businessmen, martial artists, intellectuals, and politicians. Wong also said that he is able to feel this sense of exile handed down from past generations and how they struggle to adapt while also trying to preserve their former life. And this film actually we trace back even more to see what is the time before Hong Kong, where they came from, what is their life, you can feel this sense of loss when you compare these two periods. So almost all of his films explore loneliness in dislocated people in a different context. We see that loneliness is sometimes drives by the external factors such as the war, like the revolution of China that results in diaspora causing people to leave their homelands. take a look at those notable cinematic features of Wong Kar Wai, I can see some of the things that I can explain that related to loneliness, for example, in Chunyang Express or The Fallen Angels. The use of slow motion here is to portray loneliness among the crowd. They still feel that they're, they're alone because the camera only focuses on the foreground, the person or a protagonist, while the surroundings are blurred. So the protagonist may feel like they are alone even if they are in a crowd. Meanwhile, the loneliness in, in the still motions portrays someone is are obsessed with their thoughts. They don't listen to the surroundings. So it's more like loneliness in a very quiet way. Also, this feature is also interesting. It is the use of the lonely characters, the lonely protagonist, and the cigarette smoking scenes. Cigarettes here seem to appear in contemporary literature as to represent boredom or deep thinking or even individualism and self-consciousness. I also think of smoking 
seen in other contemporary works like Murakami's movie adaptations, for example, Barn Burning or Drive My Car. I can say they're using smoking scenes maybe to portray they are living with their thoughts as well. Like, it is very lonely when you didn't interact with anyone but the cigarettes here. And combined with the characterization of the protagonists, their lonely characters here, especially the male characters, they reflected some perceived loneliness here. Like the perceived social isolation is a tantamount to feeling unsafe. The lonely individual sees the social world as more threatening place. Okay, even though in Wong Kar Wai's work there are no explicit violence there, but I can see that the characters are feeling the characters tend to not engage in in a stable relationship. So they would just engage in a relationship for a period of time, and they would just run away and even deny their inner feelings, inner desires that they like the female protagonist. But they prefer don't go any further. So according to Louis Hockley and John Capsiopo, the characters may setting in a motion of a self-fulfilling prophecy in which lonely people actively distance themselves from would-be social partners, even as they believe that the cause of the social distance is. Attribute to others and is beyond their own control. So it's the mechanisms of the lonely people that this self-reinforcing loneliness loop is accompanied by feelings of hostility, stress, pessimism, anxiety, and low self-esteem. That's why you can see gap of uh, intimacy in so many of his films, like in in the Mood for Love and Chungking Express, that. The couple in the films are almost there, but not there, which really, you know, really annoying to see. But I think Wong is tends to portray the state of being a middle or something, which will be discussed further in the next episode as well. And all right, we're at the end of this episode now. Let's go back to the question: Is Wong Kar Wai a philosopher of loneliness? To me. He does know it from his entire life. He portrays it in a very poetic ways, and he also makes it seem so profound because it involves with external factors like the economics and the history, and the settings that are they are living into. So it affects the identity and loneliness in the people as well. But. When I said technically he isn't a philosopher of loneliness because he is a director, simple as that. So I think there's still more to be discussed. There are a lot of questions still left behind, like when the term loneliness is emerged. So in the next episode, we're going to explore the history of loneliness here, and that I find it connects with with a socio. Cultural and economic aspects. So I can say loneliness here is very individual to interpret, but in terms of the feelings that we are experience, is quite the same. We know what loneliness looks like and sounds like. So and Wong Kar Wai portrays it very 
profoundly. And I think there's a lot of factors that affects loneliness in people as well, especially the immigrants. So in the next episode, we are going to explore these things, his genres. I will explore some of his films and I will explore the politics of loneliness through the history, through the, you know, the major protagonist, which is not mentioned in the film, that is Hong Kong. So thank you so much for listening. If I made any mistakes, please excuse me or comment to correct me if, if you want to. And subscribe if you find this series interesting. And if you want to give a feedback, you can comment below in YouTube or for those who listen in the Spotify, you can just email me at sudarajatana at gmail.com or, or the email in the description below. Thank you so much again and I will see you or talk to you in the next episode of Wong Kawai Podcast. Mm-hmm.